0: Welcome to the GNT show. All right, welcome everyone to the GNT show where we discuss the happenings and going on goings on in the wonderful and wacky world of rugby league. I'm once again joined by my co-host with the most a man who this week was trying to get vaccinated and ended up being the first person in the world to get AstraZeneca Pfizer, Moderna, and Johnson & Johnson in the same week. Gee. How
1: are you going? I thought I'd hedge my bets. Oh, good. And, you know, I'm a big fan of Gladys, so I thought I'd really take her advice and get vaccinated with everything available.
0: Good on you, buddy. Good on you. And and, and you're joining us from your hospital bed. Yes, and I've got 5G reception. <laughs> you've got I've Bill got, Gates. Is-
1: Bill, in fact, I'm seeing the hologram of Bill Gates. I've taken that many vaccines, COVID vaccines. He's right in front Good of me. Good on you, buddy.
0: A lot of people can't get it, but you're, you've you've gotten quadruple vaxxed with whatever you could get. Yeah, pretty much. Another big week in the world of rugby league.
1: What if they open up a walking vaccination centre at Belmore Car Park? Should I go get another one?
0: The Sinovac.
1: Sinovac. Yes, am I'm only missing that one. That's the only one left. It's yes, the only correct, stamp on my correct. passport remaining. Why don't you get the full house? Why don't you
0: go get the full house? All right. First of all, let's start with an apology. Yep. Um, we did record the pod on a Sunday evening. And then, G, because he was trying to track down his various vaccination, <laughs> he was caught up in vaccine By the way, don't issues. use
1: the website. It's terrible.
0: And, and so... He it did take us a week to get it out, but thankfully Peter, we rang Peter Volandis and he decided to delay the games by a week, so it didn't feel by a day, so it didn't seem. No, thanks, Peter, I appreciate it. All right, where should we start? What caught your eye in the news? This week. I've got a, I've got a lot of stuff as well, this week. So I'm
1: waiting for the army to knock on my door, so I haven't really looked up a lot of the rumours this week, but...
0: The the army knocking on your door has got nothing to do with the lockdown. <laughs> okay. They have to check in on the only person among 7 billion that's been vaccinated with five different vaccines in four days. Nothing this week. Nothing's caught your eye. All right, no. A few things have Except- caught my eye. Okay.
1: Every player the dogs seem to lose seems to be going to Melbourne or the Roosters, which is a bit of a concern considering how good they are at talent spotting.
0: And how bad your recruitment is and, and talent retention is. So let's start at the top. James Roberts' balcony saga came to a conclusion. Yes. He did get suspended and fined. I thought it was absolutely ridiculous. We started the week off with James Roberts threatening to shut the league down and then Anastasia Palaszczuk doing it for them by the end of the week. I thought the hysteria... Around him with mental health issues, just getting some fresh air on the balcony and having the Daily Telegraph's photographer across the road just waiting for these plays. To, I, I thought it was disgusting reporting. It is. and I thought, Absolutely. And I thought the whole thing was completely blown out of proportion.
1: My father was overseas and came back and actually was in quarantine. He's elderly and the same thing. His um, saving grace was to be in... Quarantine with lucky enough to have a veranda, and he said it was great. I was able to go out and get some fresh air, kept kept his sanity. I mean, and to have a kind of an entrapment type of setup, waiting for them to come out and then make a big deal about it. I mean, you know, I don't know what to say. I think it's disgraceful. I really do.
0: I agree. I agree. At least sanity prevailed. He shouldn't have been fined, nor should he have missed no, games. No, exactly. Anyway, James Roberts's got issues, right? He's got a history of issues. Yes. The game should be rallying around to support him, not looking for reasons to, to have a property. With the move to Queensland and a lot of teams are running out of players because you're only allowed forty one staff and players in the bubble mm-hmm. in the stage four point five bubble that they currently got in Queensland. Yep. The rumour is um, that the grand final could be at the MCG, but that's all to play out in front of us. One of the things that they are they have implemented to try and help the teams out is a loan system. Yes. And they they've decided they, they, they're talking about making that permanent. What did you think of the the idea around the loan system?
1: We We've spoken about this many times in the past. The loan system and sort of almost like a transfer system have always or should have always been in place. The issue is with the transparency of the salary cap, for example. I don't think it works necessarily with the loan system.
0: What what part of this loan system do you like or don't like?
1: I think the fact that you're able to actually loan players in general, I think is a good idea because there's a lot of players that would love an opportunity.
0: Which part of the rules do you like? (laughs) I love all of them.
1: They're fantastic. I really believe
0: that. Is there any particular rule that caught your eye?
1: That I can approach a team and take a loan player and use them for the rest of the season, I think is fantastic.
0: The hard-hitting analysis.
1: Look, conceptually, I think the loan system's great. It's... You know, if you're the 25th, 26th player in a squad and you're not going to get a game...
0: No, you'll play first grade at the Bulldogs, right?
1: If you're a proper or a back rower, yes, or one of the multitude of fullbacks that we've used, you, you've got a shot. But if you're any other player, you've got no chance. As long as it's you know they, they govern it properly and there's no abuse of it, it, it works really well. But trusting Rugby League, who knows what's going to happen <laughs> with that process.
0: I, I can't help but feel um, Nathan Cleary is somehow going to be loaned to the Roosters in a down year. <laughs> Yeah, that's possible because
1: um, <laughs> Rick Napolides. Malites. Malites, yeah, could actually take charge of the Penrith and send him over to Nick Belides. Peter Vallandis I actually have some faith, you know, that they'll govern it properly, but I think it's a good idea, especially when you've got players that aren't wanted. You know, like um, we've got a couple of players that are leaving, for example, and if the dogs want to blood youngsters or say like the Dragons as well, like say a Corey Norman or someone like that, if another team sees a use for him, well, fine. I think it's great.
0: I'm not sure. I love the in-season loan system. I've got to. I've got to be honest. I, I don't mind a loan system that happens pre-season, but during the season, I think it's a bit the situation where Tavita Pangai Junior should be allowed to play for the Panthers.
1: That's the downside of it. Is if you've got a strong squad already, you're coming towards the end of the season, you've got some injuries, and all of a sudden, like you say, you get a Tavita Pangai for six games, or
0: or move the loan system forward. Like I think, I think this August deadline's too late. I would agree with that. I think
1: it's got to be sort of a mid-season type of thing. Yeah,
0: exactly. All right, we'll see how it all plays out. I mean, we've got a massive week in news. Let's let's um, cover some of the player issues. There was a rumored rift between Fergo and Wonga Blake that was dismissed by both parties, but it doesn't surprise me because it didn't look like they were communicating too well when they were both on the Parramatta Eels right edge. And then um, Wonga Blake was moved to the left, and Fergo was dropped for weeks on end. What do you think of that?
1: I don't know. I don't know how much I've, how much faith I place in some of these reports. To be honest, I mean, Fergo I'd imagine would probably be a bit prickly. And something didn't seem to be right, but it could just be Wonga's defensive issues. Maybe that's what it was. But I can tell you what: if they tried to wrestle each other, they'd both be missing each other. No, neither would be yeah, able they, to grab they the tried other. To yeah, each other. Yeah. <laughs> well, there's always these rumours when things sort of—I wouldn't say fall apart—when things aren't going right. So I don't know how much stock I put into. It. I mean, what do you think of that, being a para fan?
0: I I don't think either of them should be playing first place. <laughs>
1: So let them fight in the reserves.
0: I don't care. I don't care. They can they can have their arguments in reserve grade. Neither of them are right, first graders, in my go. opinion. Oh, we're going to get into the Roosters Eels game later. <laughs> so will I. It was great. Yeah. Are you you got you know no, no you shouldn't you shouldn't you shouldn't have an opinion until your team starts winning games. You winning games. How about the team actually decides to score more than ten points? How about I
1: that? Mean, this is
0: going to be a downer. This is going to be a downer. Both our teams were f- diabolically on the weekend. Yes. Shit house. Anyway, anyway, um, big news though. It'll all change with the signing of Paul Vaughan. Oh, of course. Yeah. Well,
1: the good thing is at least
0: the team barbecues will be really good. You know that. <laughs> <laughs> it could be that Corey Norman ends up there, but he doesn't know how. Fi- His wallet <laughs> was just found on the scene.
1: His wallet was found at Belmore Car Park.
0: I'm looking forward to... Uh... Matt, Matt Dufty ran from Wollongong to... to, to... Again, to, to book. Oh, God. And, and Anthony Milford's gone to the Souths for one season. He is not going there as a utility. Anthony Milford is going there as a the starting halfback. I don't know that... Despite what the press says... They're losing Adam Reynolds next year. Demetriou and Wayne Bennett coached him in 2015 when they made the grand final at the Broncos, so they got a lot of faith in him. He's going there to be their starting halfback.
1: I think it's a good signing. I think he's in the right environment. I think he's in an encouraging environment where you've got two coaches that believe in him and actually aren't looking to drop him all the time. And he'll be out of the bubble in Brisbane as a saviour. He would just be now just a player for Souths. and. He can play off Cody Walker. I think it's a good signing.
0: Oh, I don't think it's a good signing. No, I don't. Not Milford. I think Paul Vaughan's a good signing. He can be. He can be. Because you haven't signed him for elite prop money. He's not at ad- he no. didn't sign him for eight hundred grand. You signed him for three fifty four hundred. So that's that's reasonable value for Paul Vaughan. Yeah. You, what you don't want him to be is to be like James Tarmow at West Tigers. If that happens, that's my terrible. concern.
1: Is with Paul Vaughan? Is he's had a couple of really good years. And it took him a while to reach that level. And then he's tapered back off again. So there might have been aberrations, but I hope he can at least get to a, a decent level. But as a backup, you know, in your prop rotation, he's not a bad signing.
0: Well, and another signing was the biggest signing, probably, was Craig Bellamy resigns with the Melbourne yes, Storm. Yes, I five did see years. that. I thought it was funny when you're like one year. It, well, it's one year as a coach and then four years doing whatever the fuck he likes. <laughs> You know what I think he
1: did? He probably just looked around, thought, "You know what? All these other clubs are fucking shit. I'm staying here. I
0: can I can do what I want. I'm gonna be di- I'm gonna be director of footy from the from Queensland, where I zoom into a call every now and again. Don't have to answer to Metta Tester. Don't
1: have to answer to Ben Haken. He's just like you know what stuff. But I'm staying in Melbourne. I can
0: do what I want. Could you imagine Craig Bellamy? As at, at Cronulla, as Mesa Testa slaps the chairman in front of oh, him? Oh,
1: it'd be great. I think I think Craig Bellamy would grab both of them and slap both of them.
0: Yeah, I think he would. I think he would.
1: I mean, if you're Bellamy, realistically, you, you can do whatever you want there. And to be honest, the media bubble's not as, as fierce down there, is it?
0: No, no. It's the simple answer is no. You've got a level of freedom and anonymity that you don't get in New South Wales or Queensland.
1: So I think that's quite enticing. So yeah, good on him. And I think good for Melbourne.
0: Another news that caught my eye was RTS leaving early. Now, the reason he was leaving early was the bubble was being shut down. So the bubble between New Zealand and Australia. So he had to leave. If you wanted to not have to quarantine again. There's a lot of media commentators like Paul Kent came out and said, if you're on a million bucks a year, you should finish the season. He's a professional, blah, 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 blah. Oh, He sacrificed a fair bit. That team has sacrificed a bloody lot. Oh, yes. I agree totally. And he was captain and he kept the, like, I just think, we've just got to show a bit of compassion to these players. I know he's leaving to go play rugby. I think if it was normal and he wasn't asked to, if we didn't have COVID and he wasn't asked to be away from home for two years, I think RTS wouldn't have left to go to rugby.
1: I think that's a fair point. I think that's a definite consideration and the fact that he's been away he was away from his family we we're talking about it last year for how many months with newborns that's and all right. sorts of stuff. I mean realistically if the Warriors are okay with him leaving a few games early, I have no no issue with that whatsoever. I don't know why the commentators do other than possibly because he's going to rugby like you say they've got an issue with that in particular.
0: Yeah, well that's right. I mean it's a big loss to the game. He's been he's been absolutely right up there as one of our best players over the last 10 years. So I've still got six pieces of news to go. Okay, yes, go. Okay, I'm glad one of us is tracking the Rugby League news during the week. Um, The NRL expansion plans looks like it's been placed on ice. That
1: doesn't surprise me. It started off as a bit gung-ho and this is going to happen and there was a bit of excitement. Is it short-sighted? I think it depends on how long they've been put on ice. So my answer would be yes, if it's sort of indefinitely delayed.
0: Dude, we kicked the Adelaide Rams and Western Force out after Super League and ARL got together and it's 25 years later and they're still not back. That's
1: what I mean by if it's indefinite, if it's just a delay for a year or two, I don't think it's that big a deal until they sort of sort out. We come out of the COVID bubble, hopefully, fingers crossed, and everyone can sort of get back to some normality Um, And then they move forward I think that's not a bad idea If it's indefinitely on hold I don't know how I sit with that I think the game's got to do something And really start to market it properly And really get out there and grow it as much as it possibly can, and like we say, it could be PNG, it could be Adelaide.
0: Well, that's a that's a good segue into the next piece of news that we have absolutely copped an absolute pasting from the International Rugby League Federations about the NRL stance around not sending players. And the sixteen clubs wrote a letter saying the Rugby League World Cup should be postponed. We covered off in last week's podcast why that would be problematic for the British Rugby League, and the players themselves have said they want to go.
1: T, if the players want to go, it's a shamozzle. What a
0: shamozzle! We are going to die on the vine. Absolutely. Unless we get a little bit more. We need to make the international game the pinnacle. And once it becomes the pinnacle, it's amazing how Britain or England and New Zealand, and and those types of things. A healthy international game usually means a healthy NRL.
1: Agree, and it also means, you know, they at least get back to a bit of the old Super League and the way it was before. The Super Leagues tried to expand and stuff, but without the NRL support, you know, they've struggled with some of those areas. There's definite opportunities, and to, like, to be so self-absorbed in regards to the World Cup, I mean, if the player, like we said, if the players want to go... I understand that the the clubs are paying their wages And the NRLs pay, are paying their wages But you know what If they want to go Let them go play in the World Cup
0: Well more than that They should send a bloody team oh, oh of course Made up of players who want to go That's definite They are going to find A squad of 25 players Out of the 400 at NRL level That are going to want to go really? Without a and doubt let me tell Without you Without
1: a doubt They're going to be a decent team Look, there's how many fullbacks have we got? Ten right. that are brilliant. That's exactly right. You know, like, oh, like a varying degrees. But there's at least six or seven that would all be amazing. Like other international comps. You know, if some players want to pull out, they pull out. But no big deal, you know. But if there's a group of 20 or 25 that want to go play, let them go.
0: It's crazy. How many times have we played Great Britain in the last 10 years? Four, five? Not many. Not many. Not many, right? We've got an obligation to the international game. I agree.
1: I just think it's really, really short-sighted and self-absorbed.
0: All right, another problem for the NRL. New South Wales Rugby League has abandoned the New South Wales comp and the junior comps. Queensland's placed it on hold. This is the second season in a row. The juniors are not getting game time. This will affect the players coming through. And Wayne Bennett called it out. It's a real problem that the game's got to solve.
1: Considering the robots that play NRL, maybe it's a good thing that they're not playing
0: game time. I think that's actually why we're getting a few robots. And the quality of first grader is, for the first time in a long time, the average quality, in my opinion, is dropping. Mm. Because some of these players should be dropped, but because the youngsters... Two, they've almost had two full seasons where they haven't had a chance to. If you're 18 and now you're 20, if if we had junior football, you might be ready for the step up to grade.
1: Funny you mention that because that's something I was thinking about. You know, in a lot of kids' sports, everything's on hold. So if you're a, you yeah. know, I've got friends that have got you know representative tennis players and things like that, and it's kind of their whole development's put on hold at key points of their lives. You know, kind of almost like a make or break time when you're 17, 18, like you say, trying to sort of take that step up and. It'll be interesting to see what impact it does have. It may or may not. Bit of an issue at the moment. I mean, I,
0: I'm, I'm on I'm on Tommy Talau's back, and you're on Corey Allen's back. Yep. But the reason is the juniors haven't played, so you don't know that all they're doing is training. They haven't had any game time.
1: It's a fair point because I think sometimes we do forget that. Say the New South Wales Rugby League competition was on hold, so these guys are literally coming from training, no match fitness, straight into a no first grade fitness. game. No match fitness.
0: Not easy. Correct. Not easy at all. Not easy at all. So we do forget about that. So, you know, that's that's something we probably don't think of enough.
1: But yeah, some of these guys, I think, haven't played for, you know, a month.
0: That's right. Which brings me on to three pieces of news to finish off yeah. my news yes. stories for the week. I always save the best till last. You do, yes. Um, there, is a big pish, there is a big push, as opposed to push. Yep. there is a big push for the 2032 Olympics to introduce a new sport.
1: Not rugby league. Called
0: Rugby League. No way. Rugby League. Rugby League is played by like eight countries in the world. How are we going to have an Olympic event? I love
1: rugby league. I like football. We're we're kind of like sports junkies or have been, you know, but I don't know if rugby league belongs in the Olympics. Rugby league. Sorry. Maybe Peter Volandes has got, he's going to take over. It's going to take over the IOC as well.
0: Yeah, correct. He's going to be the new Juan Antonio Samaranch. You know, he will be. So I, I think I think it's very self-serving when Australia hasn't lost the Test match in like forty years to say, yeah, let's introduce rugby league. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's a great idea. event. <laughs> It's fantastic. How many countries play it? Who's the best country in the world at this? All right, four gold medals for rugby league. Doesn't belong.
1: I think maybe as an exhibition sport, you know how they have those exhibition sports sometimes, it's probably not a bad idea. Could you
0: imagine, the reason I raised this, could you imagine the NRL players in the Athletes' Village in Brisbane.
1: Well, we do know they'll be breaching curfew, that's for sure.
0: Could you yeah, Could be... you imagine the news stories? No, to be quite honest, from what you hear of the Athletes'
1: Village, they'd fit right in. Mate, <laughs> oh, they really would. It'd, just, it'd, just be a, it'd be like Big Brother. Yeah, apparently that's what it's like. So, you know what? A perfect place.
0: All right, so Rugby League at the 2032 Olympics. Now, this is actually a serious story, yep. but um, Josh Masood's case has been thrown out of yes. court. Allegedly threatened to rip someone's head off and
1: shit down their throat. Yes, yeah, shit down their yeah. throat.
0: So, uh, I think, that's
1: I think very back. hard to do practically. You know that
0: it is. It is. at his yeah. He, anyway, He'd end up
1: on one of those true crime podcasts if he did that. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: he's no longer working in the media. and his yep. auntie, his court case was thrown yep. out. You isolated. I mean, it's really unusual. He's not an old guy, but he's just completely been ostracised out of it. There was always something that seemed a little bit
1: um, smart arsy about him from a distance. I mean, you don't really know, but being ostracized by everybody is kind of unusual. So I don't know if he's there like a really tight group and he's kind of gone a bit rogue, but that that's an interesting wrinkle to me. I would have thought after working for that ma- that much time in the media, he'd at least have some support to some degree.
0: Think of the think of the players that get gigs after all Andrew John's got made an immortal, I know. All right. And my favorite news stories <laughs> of the week. Yes. And it would only involve my favourite man in rugby league, of course.
1: Who would that be? Peter be, Yep, Okay, what's he
0: done this time? Came out shirt untucked, toga out the front of rugby league headquarters.
1: Does he show his like nipple, like with the toga?
0: I don't know, but can I tell you who I would be, who should be pissed who? off? Racing New South Wales, because <laughs> all he ever does is talk about rugby league. and he actually does? We have, have some horses, job Peter. racing New South Wales? I haven't seen them. <laughs> so I think I think racing New South Wales would would be feeling short changed yes. at the moment. So, so Emperor Volandes came out and he said, I want to make the NRL players the face of the vaccination. Didn't,
1: hey, we did say that he's going to have vans going around and vaccinate people he, and we did, he say that, we did say
0: that. So let me, let me paint a picture for you. <laughs> Tavita Pangai Jr. at a barbershop says, you need to get vaccinated. Matt Dufty running from, running, running from Paul Vaughan's house saying, you need to be vaccinated. Does this ad write itself? Who is going to follow the NRL players to follow rules? Bryce Cartwright talking about how vaccination saves lives. I mean, what? What? How is the NRL going to be the face of the vaccination? Am I following a different sport? <laughs> <laughs> it's, what?
1: Um, well, you could argue that, you know, some of the families in James Roberts could come out and say, look, if you're vaccinated, you can go out on the balcony. I mean, I don't what? know. It's maybe for the younger people. Maybe, he, you know, that thing about them being role models and things like that can help the younger people get... Corey
0: Norman accidentally leaves his wallet at a vaccination centre. He comes back and he says... Where's my Medicare card? Yeah. That's the ad. Yeah.
1: You could absolutely make a lot of skits through it. Um, so maybe that's a way to get people use kind of reverse humour. I don't know. But Peter's all over it, I'm telling you. There's a whole hour of
0: skits in NRL absolutely. players. Absolutely.
1: Vaccinations, yeah. Of Promoting course. the
0: vaccination. Remember the old full frontal yeah, show? Yeah, I mean if yeah. you're Matt
1: Tufty you'd be like, oh, I could run five kilometres to get my vaccination, so should you. <laughs> you know. Corey Norman would be like, even if you accidentally leave your Medicare card behind, you can get vaccinated. You can and still get vaccinated. Tavita
0: Panguy Jr. If you need a haircut, go get first. No, your it's vaccination the other way around. First.
1: Yes, that's right. If you get it or you get a free haircut if you get vaccinated, or Paul Vaughan will do one of those bunning sausage sizzles for people who are vaccinated.
0: And Wonga Blake can be out there and saying, if you can't tackle, that's okay. You can still get vaccinated.
1: Oh, God. It's terrible.
0: If you can't pass the ball left to right, you can still get vaccinated. Anyway, go. (laughs) I'm not
1: going to keep on going. Go. Oh, Peter, I love tapes. Peter. He's he's great.
0: Kyle Flanagan can be on there, ringing his dad saying, can I get vaccinated? Only if you play well, son. Not a bad idea. That's a good incentive. So anyway, that was it for the news from me. Anything from your I end? I don't think I've got anything to add. This is the highlight of the pod, you know, my news wrap-ups, because it's very comprehensive. It's great, because you're like Mr. Gossip. Yes, <laughs> Oh man I'm looking for the facts But I'm also looking for the funny stories And you've got to really dig to find the funny stories And the great thing about the NRL is Every week there's a funny story There is always something someone said or done That's ridiculous Yeah, that's what I love it. you wouldn't find in any, no. other, in any other walk of life
1: Not to this level, no Not 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 so much
0: People, If Peter Volandis was running a correctional facility He'd be like, we should get the inmates to promote the vaccine
1: Not a bad you idea You can stay out of jail if Yes, you get that's accident. right He's got it. I'm telling you, we could come up with a whole ad campaign around it. Who needs Gladys and um, Brad Hazard? Oh,
0: Brad Hazard. Yeah. Every time I hear Brad Hazard's name, I think of Brad Hazard. <laughs> 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 the Panthers. The Panthers five eighth slash oh, 7 the early 90s. That's of who you should eating. get, Brad Hazard.
1: You want to be hard-hitting. Brad
0: Hazard. It's... Um, you don't get his body type in the game anymore. No, you don't. Short, short fat guys don't go as far as they used no, to. No, Trent Mirren. And he's retired because he couldn't keep up. Yeah, he's the last one. All right, let's move on to round twenty. Yeah. That was one of our better news wraps. I've got to, even if I do say so myself. Well, we haven't First got much else to do with
1: Lockdown, do we? <laughs> just, just scour no, the NRL true.
0: news. First up, Roosters versus the. Are Eels. you going to skip
1: this? Like you tried to skip it last week? If I could, I would, yeah, but I don't no, think you're going to let me no, do that.
0: Not. Um, yeah, Give me something. so the Roosters got up twenty. 20- yeah, well, I'm going to give you a lot. The Roosters got up 28 <laughs> nil. This game was played in Mackay in very humid conditions. Parramatta lost RCG to a groin injury. Blake Ferguson to a head cut. That bloke gets more head injuries than anyone else I know. He's going to look like a bloody Mike Mike Tyson at the yes, end. Yes, he was already halfway there. And Wonga Blake to a HIA. Um, I assume that that assessment went on for a long, long time just to work <laughs> a few yes. things out. There was a lot... Because it was so humid, there was lots of errors in the first yeah. half, but the Roosters scored against... And, and actually, they scored against they the run of play when yes, they got the first absolutely. play. Or, or, after a para error. And then they scored a second when Sevo um, got caught at marker. Micah Sevo, great player, but he is one of the worst defenders in the league. He's very physical, and that makes up for a lot of things. But in terms of... Footy smarts. He's not a great defensive winger. Um and both tries were down the heels li- left. And this edge.
1: sounds weird. He almost defends like he attacks in some ways where he's bullocking yeah, and, correct, he's strong correct. He's, and he's and sh- he's, he's strong. He wants to make a big
0: hit. But he's he's at marker and he forgot to chase he like it was just ridiculous, right? So anyway, this is not difficult stuff, guys. Come on. <laughs> so both both Jake Arthur is I'm not asking them to do brain surgery here, G. Seriously. Like if you get into dummy half, if 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 you're at marker defence and someone's a dummy half, tackle oh, this, him <laughs> If he goes for a run, okay, it's You've not. It's not hard. You've been for most of the season,
1: and now they're starting to lose their lose the plot, and you're starting to lose it too.
0: Oh mate, I'm I've written them off for the season, <laughs> fuckers. So, so and Jake Carter and Dylan Brown. Yes. What a magnificent <laughs> halves combination they were on the night. It looked like Andrew and Matty Johns from '97. I mean that's how good they looked in 2001 just, or 2007. 2000, <laughs> the You know the flick passes, the 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 all the creativity they showed. Absolutely no creativity. It's just Paris yes, attack at I the moment you. is hit it up, hit it up, block play, block play, bomb. Yes. That's, that's right. it. There you go. I've just done your game analysis on their attack. Yeah. Yep. The Roosters were up 12-0 at halftime. By halftime in this game, okay, Mm. the Eels had scored 16 points in their last 160 minutes of football. Second half against the Titans.
1: Not very good. I have been harping on about their attack. I think they've been missing something all season.
0: I think I speak for most Eels supporters when I say, can I just vent, fuck off? (laughs) So, Brad Arthur had a go at... Peter Sterling before the game. Sterling came out and saying, "If they want to win games of footy, you got to play footy. They got to play a bit of foot. They got to play a bit of footy, right?" And you know what? He was one hundred percent right. He's a Sterlo was one hundred percent right. He is. And Brad Arthur could do a lot worse than actually picking Sterling's brain. I think we can safely say one of the best football minds. You know, Phil Gould, Greg Alexander, Peter Sterling, Andrew Johns. Matty John's like some of the he's one of the top lines.
1: Yes, he is. Absolutely.
0: Now the Eels did try hard in the second half, but their attack was simply bombing to the edges and block plays, and the Roosters ran in a further three tries and kept the Eels to nil despite dropping the ball more than twenty times. So the Roosters dropped the ball twenty yes. times, still kept us to nil and put twenty eight points on us. Teddy Walker and Manu, and Joey Manu's been playing yes, out of his skin. Though. He's you been know fantastic. how much I love the guy. Um whose tap and sixty meter try showed all the Eels' problems when he got that try. And they were all fantastic. And they did this despite missing 62% of their salary cap. They've only got 38% of their salary cap at the moment. Albeit their salary cap is $100 million. So (laughs) That's correct. (laughs) So I'd imagine... It doesn't get any easier. we got Souths. We always struggle against Souths. Souths always rack up a cricket score against us. I I think Brad Arthur has taken this team as far as he can. This is the ceiling for this team. I don't think we can win the comp. I think we're more likely to finish sixth. And and I'm really disappointed.
1: I am not surprised. Look, the thing is, Brad Arthur is generally speaking, the Eels have the right attitude. Defensively, they really try. They they show up, up. but he
0: doesn't have enough. He doesn't have that last leg, which is the not for contention.
1: And this team is at a level now, I think, where it's like you say, it's reached its limit.
0: We need strike. We need some speed, and we need some creativity creativity, desperately,
1: right and Unless they have an easy win and they become downhill runners like with Moses, I think he actually... Maybe I'm wrong, but he seems to really pare back their game plan and keeps it very simple. In this game, my notes were similar to you. I thought the Roosters defended very well, but I didn't think the Eels gave them too much to think about, really. They tried to mix it up.
0: 16 points in 200 minutes of football. That's always we See, good. I
1: think they tried to mix it up, but it's the wrong way of mixing it up. It was... Yeah, inside
0: ball. It's forced. It's forced. It's forced. There's forced. one
1: player running in motion and there's no one else around him like Papaliki. a set plays. It's and a set, set play. Plays. They're
0: just not playing. They're not playing with enough speed. No. Or creativity. What they're not doing is playing off. They actually need Cody Walker. I, look, I like Dylan Brown. I think defensively he's a great centre. I think he runs the ball, but his game has is moving along at a snail's pace at the moment. He needs to become a ball player. He needs to get some creativity. He needs to take take the game by the scruff of the neck when Mitch Moses is not there. Now he's only twenty years old. I get it, but man, we Jake. If Jake Arthur and Dylan Brown are our halves, we can't win the comp. We can't win the comp no, anyway. No, you can't right win now. the comp. You got no.
1: You get. You don't. If you watch the games this week, you know what the killer is. And I've said this all season is the speed. Defenses can easily cover set plays. You know the the players are generally very well drilled. They slide quite well, etc. But. You need to challenge them. And I thought the Eels threw the ball around. It was mechanical. There was a one out runner. I didn't feel like they were playing off what was happening in the game. Whereas if you watch some of the really good teams like Melbourne, that's what they do. That's what makes them so dangerous now. They have the system, but they also play off what is happening at the same time. I think they've evolved tremendously. And I think that's the bit Parra's missing. They're waiting for Paulo to offload, but there's only one person looking for that offload, not. A team then going okay, and then playing off it. They were running cross field, passing the ball around, but no one was actually running at the line and making the Roosters make a decision. They knew that what was going to happen is the ball's going out, and they just slid across. And the Roost for the Roosters' defense specifically, too easy. And I thought Para just didn't take advantage of the opportunities they had and the ball they had. Teddy and the Roosters up the tempo a little bit. Teddy sort of stamped himself on the game, and before you knew it, the Roosters were up and had a good lead without really being in the game at all. You know, there were a few instances where Para got burnt by pace. Sam Walker into a gap, and once they pierced that front line, Para just didn't have the, I guess, the recovery speed to get back and, and actually stop a try. And the Roosters came at them in waves when that happened. Tupinua, I thought, was really good. I thought hargraves again played well i really love isaac liu i think he really steps up when he needs to having joey manu play a few games at 5'8 and fullback and making him have to step up has really helped the roosters along you said to me he sort of picks his spots and i think this time he's forced to actually dictate the game a bit more and it's made him and the roosters better and the roosters honestly with all these injuries you know they're missing so many players and they're just doing an amazing job a good win i mean power is not terrible but I think against the good teams, mate, they can't score points against a well defence. Mate, we don't need your sympathy. That's okay. I'll give it
0: to you anyway. No, don't give me your sympathy. Worry about your own bloody club. All right, let's move on to the next game. As you can say, I'm, I'm quite dispassionate and you even are. about the result. But,
1: but, you know, Brad Arthur last year, I remember we had a big chat about Jai Field, remember, who gave them outright sheer speed. Now, whether you think he's good well, or not... Well, I think not,
0: Will Smith does this. Will Smith gives us a bit more, yeah.
1: If you notice, he just uses them as a change of pace person. He doesn't incorporate them into the game plan to make Para more dangerous when they're attacking the football with the football. So,
0: remember there was the rumor at the end of last season can Brad Arthur take Parramatta to the promised land?
1: No. No, the answer is clearly I just no. Think the answer is no. I think he's good enough to get Para to a top 4 or close two but to take that next level, they become too rigid and that usually means that the coach is I don't know if it's, he wants to control the outcome so much that he becomes too scared for them and wants them to play more conservatively but something's not right with that mentality at times with parent and he seems to distrust smaller faster players if I'm honest like a lot of coaches
0: Yeah yeah so I think I think he's tried to build a team in his own image just tough yeah footy players right but not quick not no not spark. There's not enough strike in the paramedics. And
1: like, look, to be honest, you've got Wonga Blake. Yeah, defensively he's terrible. But how often do they work to get Wonga Blake in space to actually allow him to use his speed? Almost never, right?
0: I don't think that's Wonga Blake's problem.
1: I don't. You know what I mean, though. Like, for all Wonga
0: Blake gets an overlap two on one. <laughs> and instead of He'll either pass the ball five metres before the you've defender. You've got like a group of punching bags and Wonga Blake's one of them. Or take them on and just wrong option every time. I
1: get it, but... For someone who's actually quite oh, quick. Oh, I've
0: got a group of punching bags, Mr. Corey Allen.
1: Oh, mate. Corey Allen would look great as an action figure. As a footy player, terrible.
0: So it's not just me. No.
1: I agree with you. He's taken them to the level they're at unless he changes
0: his philosophy, I think. Great. Okay, on that optimistic note, let's move to <laughs> Tigers-Warriors. Another <laughs> Another close game. The Warriors went into this game missing 10 regular first graders and RTS who went home. They also had a five-day turnaround after after having 60 put on them by South. So, naturally, the Tigers were up for this if game. If I
1: were RTS after the South's game and then with bubble closing, well, I'm like, would, oh, I, yeah, I would have left anyway. I, I'm, I'm for you. Okay, Go, Roger. That's Everyone would have done that.
0: That's right. And But other than a horrific leg break to Dane Lorien, we wish him a speedy yes. recovery. It didn't no, look good. No, not at all. Um, the Tigers did dominate the first half, but could only score two tries. They led 10 0 at half time. They really should have led by more. Yes. They were the dominant yep. team in the first half. Um, having said that, the second half performance by the Tigers was diabolical. As the Warriors ran in three tries in the opening 20 minutes of the second half to take an 18 10 lead. Adam Duahy got one back for the Tigers, um, but the Warriors' tries were soft and two of them came from poor tackling technique with the defenders' shoulders out, allowing the attack to straighten and score. Jacob Little was really poor in defence. Got caught out a few times. Uh, Not his best game at hooker. He's at best uh, reserve hooker, right, at the moment, and he's being asked to start and be a start. To tackle the whole team team by himself. Correct, correct, correct. (laughs) Yeah. The the end of the game was frantic. Duahy attempted a two-point field goal. Luke Brooks ran 85 metres after knocking the ball on. And the moment that summed it up was when on the attack, they're right on the Warriors line. They play the ball, but they didn't get anyone into dummy half. And Reece Walsh was able to pick up the ball. That just explained the Tigers' second half in one It does, way. doesn't it? It really did. I feel for the Tigers' supporters. I've been defending Madge. Oh, there's clearly problems. It's time. I just think they need to stare into the fact that they need, they probably need head office changes and they need coaching changes and they probably need player changes let me project next year for you based on what you know of the recruitment every team's done all the teams below the tigers have gone above them
1: i agree with that totally i think
0: i think they're the fav. they're the favorites for the wooden spoon next year there's no light at the end of the tunnel for the tigers
1: well what they've got out there is pretty much their their best team right with one or two differences but that i think madge how many changes do you need to make he's turned over the roster he's picked his players and things just seem to be getting worse. I just think he's got one way to play, and I think it's hard when you were successful like Madge McGuire too to actually then self reflect and think, shit, this isn't working. You're wedded to your style, I think, until it slaps you in the face that it's not working, and I think that's a hard thing to come to terms with, specifically when he had a south team that was quite dominant, you know. So, um, but if you look at some of the calls he's made, even on some of the players, t he's been very wrong. Because they don't fit... He's like a Luke Kiri at the Roosters. You could pretty argue, much argue was the best half in the competition or close to it. And he didn't deem him good enough for South because of his size, right? I thought the Tigers, just like you say, they were dominating the game. The Warriors, I didn't think, turned up really. And they just couldn't score. They're not playing. The first yeah, half, they're not playing in unison. I seem to say this every week. They play a few of them are engaged, and then it, you know, and that happens in defence and attack. You know, someone runs, someone else is not really there unless they have a set play. When they do play football, the team isn't watching what's going on. They're actually setting up for the next set play constantly, which to me means they're they're just too rigid. They're not even looking at what's going on, and that happens with a lot of coaches, I think. And to be up ten 0 I think when it was clear the Warriors were kind of really not quite there, I think was a poor return for their dominance. I think they did miss Laurie because Laurie is enthusiastic. He's all over the field and he gets himself involved. And I think that might have allowed them to score a try, a try or two extra. Um, but like you said, the second half, of course, Cody Nikorima was involved. Whether he was responsible for the tries or not, is irrelevant. But as soon as he started touching the ball, um, things started to happen. And, and the Warriors you know, ran in 18 points really quickly. Um, and even the short kickoff... You know, to for the third try, they were very soft and they stood around watching that.
0: It wasn't a short kickoff, it was a it was a um dropout. The
1: short drop out yeah. and they stood around watching it. Yeah. And you and Aikens like, great, I'll just grab it and go score a try, fine. Luke Brooks got a bit unlucky with his with his charge down and hit his arm. But outside of that, I mean, realistically, I didn't think No, that, the
0: second half was was was. They just were ordinary, right? Whatever the happened Warriors in half time, yeah, were it was, not good.
1: the Tigers just are lacking spark like even Noel Faluma like when he's stepping he's kind of he doesn't have the same Noel Faluma only plays outside
0: of his skin when he's in a contract here.
1: They've got a big pack mobile pack they've got talent they recruited talent and potential and nothing just seems to be working so uh, with you I would be worried for the Tigers for the next couple of seasons. Yeah I agree. And the Warriors same thing every week except this time once they started attacking they scored three tries and they ended up winning the game but why do they have to wait before they're twelve nil or sixteen nil behind before they start playing football every week? Just weird.
0: But it's not just Nathan Brown. This has been a problem for the Warriors for a little while. It has been.
1: I'm surprised because I, yeah. I think Nathan Brown's usually quite a, a an a attacking coach, but maybe he sees something in that team that he needs to build a base from. I don't know,
0: but and it's his first year, first year with them. So I think you get you get a bit of a leave pass for first year, right? So the Cowboys, Broncos, and Bulldogs are below them. The Cowboys have got Val Holmes. They got Chad Townsend going there.
1: I don't know if that's an improvement.
0: Mate, 2.4 million for I'm three I'm watching years Clifford and I'm watching Jake Drinkwater Clifford good. and Deedon. for all their
1: faults. What on earth what are you bu- buying Chad Townsend for? I don't understand. Yeah, yeah,
0: I agree. I couldn't agree more. Couldn't agree more. But anyway, the point is Cowboys, Broncos, Bulldogs. Have improved. Warriors are above them. But they're all going to be better than the Tigers next year. Uh, and
1: yeah, I, I think that's they're true.
0: Almost, like. I, I think the Tigers are Be Wooden Spooners next year?
1: Highly likely, unfortunately, for the Tigers fans.
0: So it hasn't bottomed out, is my point. No,
1: I don't think so. I think next year we'll bottom out. So how
0: long's Madge been there?
1: Got what, three years now? And they gave him an extension.
0: I think it's time to move on. It's possible. Mate, if you've recruited a coach, you've got to bottom out in the first three years. Bottoming out is not a five-year process. Look at the NBA. If you want to tank, you tank in one year.
1: He did have some of Ivan Cleary's players, but he's cleared them all out, right, and kept the ones he wanted.
0: Well, he's still got Moses in by there.
1: I don't know. Moses, I don't know what happened to him.
0: Well, let's move on to the next game. Um, It was the Broncos versus the Cowboys. I think this was the Friday night game on Channel 9. I wasn't hopeful, but it ended up being quite a good game. We got an open game of footy given neither team can defend, and neither team did defend. That is very true, but it was good to watch. Tessie New was great at fullback and Katoni Staggs at centre. I would not, I've said this before, I would not move Katoni Staggs I was watching
1: eight. that game. We've mentioned it a million times. I don't even understand why you would...
0: Hey, Kevy. here's an idea. Go pay for a 5'8".
1: You know, another, another off-season under his belt after an injury. He'd look even sharper. You'd take one of the best centres in the comp and make him one of the worst 5'8s. Not a good idea. Correct, correct. No, it's <laughs> not, not a good, good idea. idea. It's not a good idea.
0: Look... The Cowboys did have sixty percent possession in the first half, but went into halftime down twenty-two twelve. Katoni Staggs got his second after the break to extend the lead to twenty-eight twelve. Before the Cowboys mounted a comeback when Kyle Felt scored one and looked to score a second before the bunker ruled it out. I thought the bunker ruled it out correctly, despite what Phil Gould and everyone else thinks. Really? You thought he? You thought he held onto the ball?
1: I thought it was. I thought it was a try.
0: You thought he held onto the yeah. ball? He didn't drop it. Yeah. Okay. I thought. I thought he did drop it. I thought there was enough gap there. But it was in slow motion. I get that point.
1: I thought he he put it down and it was a
0: try. The the game broke from that point, right? To borrow a Turkish phrase. Uh, That would have made the score 28-24, but the Cowboys fell away after this decision the Broncos ran out 37-18 winners. I think, as I said previous weeks, Broncos have bottomed out now. Cowboys missed 41 tackles and made 12 errors. And they left themselves too much to do when you make that many mistakes, right? So the Cowboys down to 14th and season over for me.
1: They were starting to play a little bit better with Holmes finding his feet and then the hammer back. It gave them a little bit more um, excitement and ability to score points. I think they've been very brave to some degree in the Cowboys. They haven't really turned it up like they did earlier in the season. When they obviously, we spoke about, there must have been issues with the new regime, you know, where's a little bit of um, tension I think that seems to have gone. They're defensively quite poor, um, but they rely a lot on Drinkwater for creativity without Holmes
0: and, and the hammer there. Like, it's kind of all on his shoulders to create. Scotty, Drinkwater's a classic, classic modern half, modern new young half. And what I mean by that is he could play fullback or halfback. Yeah, he plays a bit like a fullback. But that's that's how the halves are coming through now, right? Look at Adam DeWay here. Look at a few of those, right? So he, he can play fullback or half. He's very good with the ball in hand he and is. making right decisions in those times. He's kicking games, his left foot kicking game on the left edge is quite good, defensively poor. Like yep. I reckon that is the trademark of the current young cropper halfbacks coming through. I could say that about a few sums him
1: up quite well. I th- the Broncos obviously blooding all their youngsters and I think for some reason this year, I think last year they probably had a few players that attitude wise weren't engaged or you know were always constantly told you're not wanted, you're wanted so I thought it did impact their morale a bit whereas this year I think there's a little bit more enthusiasm that's consistent and some of the younger guys have brought a real sort of fire and passion and I think. The fact that this game was quite open allowed their athleticism to really shine a little bit and they're, they're throwing the ball around. I think Brody Croft has made a big difference to them. Having another half that can run and break the line. And you, I think Brody Croft is playing with more confidence now because he knows he's playing a few games in a row. He's not going to get dropped after one or two games. So Kevin Walters seems to have given up the fact that they're going to make the eight and let these guys play a few games in a row. And I think you're starting to see a big difference. I thought New was great. Um, I thought Ricky really troubled the Cowboys fringe where Drinkwater sort of defends. And once they allowed the ball to sing a little bit, I think that... The Cowboys defenders got tired. Broncos' athleticism allowed them to take advantage of some of those breaks, but vice versa as well. Once the Cowboys sort of started throwing the ball around, we saw some of the tie- the Broncos' defenders get a bit tired and allow them to score a few points as well. But I really think they missed a the hammer and Val Holmes. They just ran out of puff. And I think the Broncos took advantage of that. Like I, I thought the no try was massive. I thought that was a try, and um, I thought Katoni Staggs was quite dangerous. Took advantage of some slack defending, and I thought Asako is a far more potent winger than he is a fullback.
0: Yeah, I agree with that. I and if you that.
1: allow him to roam and look for the ball, he really adds something different to your team. And I thought the, the Broncos played pretty well. Tessie knew, you, they you know, they, they've well. got some
0: attacking ability now. Their team sort of settled. You know what? The irony is, I think they've they've got everything Para doesn't have. They've got strike and speed, and we don't have that. Correct. And I can't believe I'm saying that about. it. But it's
1: funny, time. right? You look at some of the players they've let go, and this is also being so too wedded to a particular style of football. And I think but this
0: is where I actually think Ben Icon's done a good job. He is. He has come in. The Tavita guy has gone. He's signed Painhas for ten years. He's you know he's made some. I big think he's calls. an
1: attitude guy. Ben Iken is my guest. Yeah, he's an right? guy. And yeah. I think, um, which is explains Luke Capewell. Or Kurt I'll, Capewell. always get that wrong, always. Kurt Capewell signing and paying Hart. What about his brother Luke? And his brother Luke. He's coming out of retirement. And Peter, and, Peter, and Peter Haas. Peter Haas. He seems to be very big on the culture aspect of things. So I think that explains the Tevita Pango. Because, look, talent wise, Tevita Pango Jr. is almost the best forward in the competition athletically yeah but it
0: was it just wasn't working right
1: and i think they've really changed and i have to say a different thing to bring up is god i love watching sarko kick goals just he hits it so sweet and he just swings the ball around or hits it straight he's kind of got command of his goal kicking he he's i think probably the most aesthetically pleasing goal kicker in the competition don't take that anywhere else i can see you smiling the mind's worrying. Let's, let's move, move on. on. Yeah, okay. Game.
0: Let's move on to the next game. The Knights versus the Raiders. The Knights got up 34-24 in this one. The Knights dominated this game from the get-go. And in particular, Tuala and Bradman Best completely terrorized the right edge of the Raiders. <laughs> hey, it
1: was like a two-man show with Kalen Ponga occasionally chiming in here and there. That was correct, it. correct.
0: Let me say not not seb chris and harley smith shield's best game <laughs> No, ever.
1: i mean look they just killed them down that side
0: i mean they couldn't they, do it they absolutely anything. i mean i ha, harley smith shield's is young it's like his second or third game to be expected seb chris seb chris is not young but he is shit so that that does make a difference he's not shit i'll take that I back. Know him. but just a tough night tough night they were poor though they were poor he looked fitter and on no, fryer. Bradman best is a bit like no, no, no. Bradman best is a bit like Latrell Mitchell. He's young. He can carry the pud. If he could have five kilos less, he'd be amazing. Can I also say Jake Clifford was actually also really, really good? Although the Raiders' only first half try came from a kick out on the full. Other than that, he was almost flawless. He was. They didn't miss Mitchell Moses. Uh, Mitch piece at all.
1: Surprisingly, I think they were really, really good, yeah.
0: And it was 22-6 at halftime. Josh Papali scored early in the, fir- in the second half, but the Knights responded through Tuala and then Ponga, who who was again superb for them. The score was 34-12 with nine minutes to go, and Adam O'Brien gave Saifidi, Twins, and Ponga an early mark, and the Raiders ran in two tries, but I thought the Knights deserved this and were the better side. Right from the kickoff, I tipped the Knights. I thought the Knights would win it.
1: I tipped the Raiders. Unfortunately, no surprise, but anyway. Did
0: yes. you? Yes, yes, I did tip the Knights. Um, but I thought the Knights were specials in this game because uh, I think the win against Parramatta, people ignored how poor Parramatta was. Mm,
1: you didn't? I didn't.
0: No, 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 no. Of course, after three wins in a row beating para you know, if you read it on paper, if you haven't watched the nuance of the game, it's easier to think the Raiders are actually playing better than they they are. Jack White and coming back for them actually made their attack worse as we've been saying all season his kicking game was poor he's running the same lines etc etc i mean he has the thing about jack white and that flatters the deceive is he'll have one breakout player game where he'll score a try he'll beat defenders but it's one play in a in a in 80 minutes and it's the other 79 minutes that's the problem. Uh,
1: look i think last year he was sensational but i think this year they've game game planned for his run and everything else a lot better and he's struggled to adjust, and I think the Can- Canberra have struggled to adjust. He's kind of well-contained this year, and he's not having the same impact. I mean, there were games last year where he was he was sensational so and carried the Raiders, but from the get-go, the Knights were just phenomenal. They turned up. I thought the Raiders were a bit sluggish.
0: I've just got a news alert, and I'm not even joking. Stadium car parks to be drive-through hubs, jab hubs.
1: Belmore Car Park, is that included?
0: Belmore Car Park, where <laughs> G will be administering and receiving vaccines
1: this is brilliant look it begs the question why this wasn't possible before but anyway these stadiums have all been built in the last two weeks Sinovac well look, from the get go, I thought the you know, the Raiders were a little bit sluggish, and then on top of that, they received a firing Bradman Best and a Tuala shrugging off tackles.
0: Can I can I also say one thing? shitty Saturday, Super Saturday this year's been so bad, the NRL delayed this game by twenty four <laughs> <probably> hours. It did. <laughs> just, just to try and make the games a bit better. Just just so people didn't have to play on the Saturday. So these were Sunday games.
1: Look, Best, Ponga and Tuala torched the Raiders right hand side. I mean, Bradman Best was almost unplayable and same as Tuala, but some of the tackles they shrugged off. I mean, going through four, five, six tackles, the Raiders weren't at the races, to be honest. That's what I thought. They were a bit shell-shocked. Maybe believing a little bit of their own hype, the Raiders won three in a row. The Knights haven't been playing quite well or not winning, and I thought they could ease their way into the game, and the Knights thought otherwise. So before they knew it, you know, they were down 18-0, and... The game was pretty much over. I thought the Knights came out a little bit flat in the second half and allowed the Raiders to peg them back with the a puppet you try after half time. Once Canberra scored, I thought Newcastle picked up their tempo a little bit more. Scored another try. Tuala scored another one in the corner to make it 28-12. We 20 minutes to go, and then and that was the one that sealed the game, really.
0: Their, their window's shut. The Raiders are gone. Like, I mean... Remember we said this last year? Because the team was so old. That that last... Yes, last year was their last year of the window. I, I think their window's shut. Now Now it's got to be a rebuild. Well, who's their youngsters? Who's their youngsters? Blooding them in some of these games are Carly Smith and Xavier Savage. This is the next wave. This is not continuation of... This is not adding Nico Hines to the storm. This is this is like the Tigers, like you're blooding players now that are going to be ready in six or seven years' time.
1: They are. They're playing players that you know around time. three years away.
0: Yeah, yeah. Whereas Josh Papali, Josh Papali's not going to be there in five years. You know, like I know they're not young, but he's got too many miles in the legs. Do you know what I mean? They're not going to be there. You know, I think Hudson Young's a lot older than I thought he was.
1: I think it's Hudson Young's yeah. thirty so, or something like that. So, so,
0: so I think I think their window's shut. I think the challenge for the Raiders this offseason is is it a rebuild? I think they've got to refresh some of that squad. So here's where I think they're at, and we can save it for the end of season review, but here's where I think they're at. They're either, I bring players in to maintain eighth position, seventh position. Yes. Or I try and blood the youngsters bottom out with the view of trying to be First or second or a premiership contender when the Panthers window and the Storm window is over. Storm
1: window will probably close in 2026 once Craig Bellamy. Reclose. No, but that's
0: the, no, conceptually that's the choice in front of them.
1: I think you want to try and find that hybrid where you kind of keep some of the veterans around and blood the youngsters and keep competitive and be competitive. No, I don't think so. I think it's a basis. It's to a road on. to
0: nowhere in my opinion. So, but, but what do you mean? What do you mean? You're just going to finish seventh. You can't win the comp.
1: But I think if you're bringing through the youngsters, you put them into a team that's competitive. I think that's important. You have to slowly regenerate the squad. I think that's going to take a few years. You might sneak into seventh, but you've got to play the youngsters f- to look towards the future. I think that's where they're at. Now, whether they bottom out, out.
0: Well, I'm not saying you go I'm not saying you go eighth to sixth. Oh, okay, yeah. Because you don't have a draft. You've got to put some games into the youngsters. Yeah, and, and playing Josh Hodgson every week will get you to seventh spot, but you're not going to win anything. You're actually better off blooding a youngster trying to find another hooker like they've done with Tom Starling or another ball playing back rower now that, that Josh Hutchins rolls that. You know what I mean? So that they're there for the next premiership window. But I thought, look, it's great to see Ponger back in full flight. God, he's
1: he, he's just he's brilliant.
0: Fullback position has never been deeper than it is right now.
1: I mean, I've got my favourites, obviously, but there's probably six or so that you can pick where just depending on how you want to play, they all do an amazing job. He's an incredible player. And then Siafidi and some of the forwards in the middle of the nights held firm against the Raiders and the Raiders ran out of puff. They, they just don't look... Whether it was the heat... Yeah, they're not but fit they're, enough. They're, they're not fit enough to play an up-tempo game. And I think towards the end, you could see that at times. Once the Knights kept the ball rolling, they struggled to sort of compete. An easy win for the Knights, really, I thought.
0: I agree. Let's move on to a disappointing game. But Although we both predicted it would be disappointing. I've got very little analysis on this. Storm versus the Panthers. This was meant to be the game of the year. The the game's actually being delayed to Sunday. meant, miraculously, this ended up on Channel 9. Which I'd be shitty about if I was Fox Sports. <laughs> but anyway... <laughs> Ominous result for the rest of the competition. The Storm absolutely blew the Panthers off the park. The Storm's season differential now is plus 465. They're challenging Para's 2001 team. No, no, they've beaten them. Oh, they've beaten them already. If the season ended now, it would be the all-time record. They've now won 16 wins in a row. They are up against Manly this week, which is going to be a tough game. It's probably the two form teams of the competition. They are, the absolutely. And the Panthers were missing Cleary, Tao, Yo, Isaiah Yo, James Fisher-Harris and Api Korosau. So they do have a few to come they back. They do.
1: I don't think that would have made a difference that's the problem.
0: Well they they wouldn't have lost by as much as they did. They got blown off the park. The the Storm dominated from the beginning. It was 18-0 at half time and it was 36-0 with 10 minutes to go. And, and, and the Panthers got a couple of consolation tries. Otherwise, it was 37-0, right? So
1: I thought the the Storm applied one of their mercy rules in this game towards the end too. Melbourne
0: had a lot of contributors without anyone actually standing out, I thought. Yes,
1: I don't think I watched that game and thought, this guy was brilliant.
0: No, that's right. Everyone played to like 75-80%. And so I actually think a lot of those players might have another gear too. All I'm saying to you is... It is going to take a freight train if they stay healthy for if someone healthy, to stop the storm. If they're healthy at the beginning
1: of the season, I told you, they, they're not beatable. You can't beat them. I had a few interesting points in this game. Like, they were missing, like you say, To'o Cleary, Even if you Coast. do, say so yourself. Yes, I did. Melbourne were fired up, and I think they did want to make a little bit of a statement. I think the addition of Remus Smith shored up their one weakness in the backline last year, where in the grand final, once players started targeting Brenko Lee, the Panthers found their way back into the game. He's faster than Brenko Lee. He's better in attack. And defensively, he's become incredibly solid. So they literally have no weakness across the field. Are you
0: seriously? Of course he's better than Brenko Lee. Brenko Lee only played origin because he was in the Melbourne Storm system. And there was no one left, like Corey Allen. And breaking news, not that good. But there's no weakness across
1: that defensive line at all in any way. They were too fast. They were too clinical. And I think they were too skillful for Penrith's defense. And Penrith didn't know how to cope. Luai now playing halfback doesn't allow him to use his strengths, which is unpredictability in his running game, to play what he sees. He's playing yeah, a little he, bit more about... Luai
0: only works when Nathan Cleary takes the pressure off him with all the organizing. Asking him to organize... It takes away his the, strength. That's why Cody Walker and Adam Adam Reynolds work. Cody Walker doesn't have to organize the team. Adam Reynolds does it all. Penrith's def- attack,
1: it gives him more predictability. And I thought for, for the Storm, they were too easy to defend. They defended them very easily, and let's be honest, yeah, they're missing Cleary, but they didn't really look like scoring. Like, Burton's still going to be there, Luai's still there, Crichton's there, Sainz is there, Dylan Edwards is their fullback. Mate, I don't see what they can do that that is that different, other than maybe make it a bit tighter where they're going to challenge this Melbourne defence Because I also feel, T, I wonder what you think of this, that for Penrith, it's been so easy just to play faster and use their skill just to beat teams. That now they've come up against an equal, I think they really struggled and they got frustrated because it wasn't so easy to just...
0: Well, gee, this happened last year, remember? Remember they had a really easy draw? They needed this type of hit out. They haven't had a tough game since the Penrith-Para earlier this season. They can play at like
1: a 60% capacity in their flogging teams or... Things like, you know, getting kick-out running from deep. Against the crappy teams, they get caught in space. Against Melbourne, Melbourne just smash it. Carfucci probably rubs his head into the ground too and gives him a few cheap shots.
0: Well, he's missing this week, so there'll be a lot cleaner. Yeah,
1: there will be. But, you know, it doesn't have the same impact against the Storms. So some of these easy tries or easy, you know, opportunities they create against the crappy teams don't don't quite work. And I thought after 60 minutes, once it was 30-0, I thought Melbourne sort of just um, put the cue in the rack a little bit. And I thought Penrith after a while lost hope and lost. They started to lose their composure a little bit, to be honest, because it has been too easy for too long. But honestly, mate, too too good. Too good. And unless Penrith changes, adds a few wrinkles to their team, other than just a, a yo out the back, I don't think they
0: can beat Nathan Melbourne. Cleary. Back makes a big difference. Um, they might not, but but they do make a massive difference. He
1: does. Nathan Cleary is amazing, but they also do have a very rigid game plan with Yo out the back and getting kick-out one-on-one, against Melbourne, you need a bit more than that. You need offloading. You need passing between the forwards. You need to get between the creases of their defence and pull their defence apart.
0: Easier said than done.
1: Very difficult because it's a riskier form of football. And a lot of teams aren't game enough to play it and also have to play at the speed you have to play to beat Penrith, um, Melbourne.
0: Sure, sure. I'm not prepared to write Penrith off yet.
1: To me, if the Storm are engaged and play well, I, I think they're unbeatable. With Penrith, they literally have to game plan just around Melbourne because they're just too good for everybody else.
0: Correct. Which is Correct, a weird position
1: that. to be in if you think about it. It's almost like, it is yeah, they've got a plan to just for this one team because everyone else they can beat. So
0: interesting game. Interesting game. All right, let's move on to the next game, which was Saints versus Souths. When Souths' lethal left edge scored two tries in the first half, I thought, here we go. But the Saints, to the Saints' credit, they, they struck back with two tries of their own yeah. to make it 12, 10, 30 minutes into the first half. Uh, but typical of South, where they seem to let the opposition into it and only do enough when required. Your notes
1: mirror mine, yeah.
0: Yeah, then they, they <laughs> yes. scored another two tries, right? They only do just do enough when they're an enigmatic team, yes. right? Uh, so they went into halftime at 24-10 lead. Souths went on with it in the second half, particularly in the last 12 minutes. Uh, they got five tries to one. Four of them came in the last 12 minutes, so... The South uh, Saints really fell off a cliff right yeah. at the end. The second half did have an air of inevitability about it. Um, Jay Arrow, I thought, was great for Souths, along with Luttrell, Adam Reynolds, and, and Cody Walker. For Saints, the season can't end soon enough.
1: I think that sums it up. I mean, I said the same thing. In that,
0: I mean, there wasn't much to analyse. Right, Souths just there was it was like it was like, yeah. it was like a cat playing with a ball of yeah, string. Kind of
1: right. They came out, they scored really easily. Souths, uh, Cody Walker, oh mate. If he's not the form player in the competition...
0: I've seen some dummy-dummy at Daliams where he's the he's in front. There's
1: two players I've got. Is It's either Cody Walker or can it be Tom Treboevich?
0: Well, Tom Trebojevic, has he played enough games? That's
1: the thing. But the thing is, in nearly every game, Mandy's won, bar maybe one, he's probably been the standout player. So I'd imagine he'd get three points That's just right. about That's every right. week. Whereas Cody might have Mitchell. Littrell taking stealing a few points here and there, even though... Yeah, but he's
0: missed a few games too, and he hasn't played Origin. I think if I had to pick right now, yep. I think Cody's in front of Tom. Yep. But I think it's by one or two. Man I of think it'd be one quite One or two, close. three points. Yeah. So if Tommy keeps playing the way he is, there's still five games to go, right? He could come over the top of him.
1: Cody's been incredible, but I think um, Mitchell would have stolen some points from him that could bring him back to Trebojevic. If Manly keeps on winning,
0: well, he's the man of the match every game. Every game. They game. Win.
1: And then Cody Walker was just unbelievable. Like he literally gave the final pass for every single try in this game. And like you said, they started off on fire with the pass to Luttrell, the early try, and then he he went through the gap and scored himself. And he's one of those players, you know, the defense is run, pass, step. Is he going to show and go? Is he going to slow down? Is he going to kick? You literally have no idea what he's going to do. And he always seems to do the right thing, which is unbelievable. Once, like you say, the the Rabbitohs did their thing where they dropped off again because it was so easy to score a couple of tries. And in fairness to the Dragons, they, they hung in and still... Kay, they did them. in the first
0: half, but then, then the Souths went, oh, yeah,
1: you scored. All right, it <laughs> Basically, it's 12-10. It's like, oh, well, okay, guys, we've got to uh, make sure that they can't get back in this game. And then again, Milne went over with a, a magic ball from Cody Walker. It's just subtle. Um, but two points in the first half, T, quickly. Billy Burns' try, right? Now, Corey yep. Norman was offside, but because he didn't interfere, that was okay. But how come in other weeks that's then offside, no matter what, whether he interferes or not, because he's within the 10?
0: My understanding is you, as long as you don't affect the play, if you're inside the 10, they can still Look, give the Look, I'm okay with that,
1: not affecting the play. But then sometimes they go, you're running and you're offside, so you're offside. So it's just the inconsistency is maddening. And also, Jaden Sewage tried just before the end of half time. How this happened last week. How long do you have to be held up before you're held up? Okay, stop. Oh, yeah,
0: yeah. Oh, my God. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I think it's ridiculous. I, I think that, that he was held up. I thought last week was held up and I thought this week was yes, held up. Yes, that's yeah, right. I think okay. Held and then, up. like you said, same thing. I mean...
1: They scored a couple of tries and then South just went, you know what, we're bored, let's just put you away and, and you know, 50, 50 points game again, over, game right? over. Yeah, yeah, and like you said, right. the Dragons just sort of fell off. I thought they were enthusiastic most of the game and I think the one good thing for the Dragons is getting some game time for Terrell Sloan. The kid's got a, a little bit of something. it has got some moxie about him. He, a little bit something, something? I think so. He, he looks like he could be a long-term fullback and hopefully stays injury-free, but... He's getting a good run of games towards the end of the year, and um, he's doing okay.
0: Okay, let's move on to the next yep. game, which was uh, actually Monday night. Monday nights are back. First up, I'm not going to say too much about this game. I'll give you a chance to vent after vent my performance. Vent about what? I've been venting for 20 weeks of the season. Bulldogs versus Titans. The Titans got up 34-6. to 6. Titans moved into, into the eight with a dominant win over the Dogs. Ash Taylor and Toby Sexton were... Impressive off the back of a dominant forward. I back. think you might be
1: right. I don't know if Fogarty. Be
0: he's been sensational, Sexton. Team, yeah. He's been sensational. And Tino and Jared Rollis were great. Um, the Titans dominated through the middle, either scoring or making breaks. And it was 16 0 at half time. Titans went on with it in the second half. But Dog's attack really didn't test the Titans' defense, except for Biondi Odo. I, I told he was, you, he's he, got he something. Biondi yeah. Odo, I
1: like him. He's a good player.
0: Titans had 10 line breaks to three. It was just dominant. The Bulldogs will get the wooden spoon, and I think they have gone backwards from last year. Most worryingly, the defence through the middle was pathetic.
1: I don't know what to say. It was pathetic. If Nick Meaney's going to play, I know he's going to Melbourne, but did Trent Barrett watch any of Corey Allen's games at fullback earlier in the season? Like, Which game was it where he thinks it was a good idea to put him back there again? His defence is absolutely an abomination at fullback. Dane Laurie... Is a better tackler than him. But Corey Allen looks like he's ta- trying to tackle. Never makes one. I didn't mind bringing Kyle Flanagan back. He-, he was responsible for one really bad miss on Eastern Masters, which led to a try. But he-, he also had a dig at times in defense and chased down a few half breaks to cover for some of the forwards. Look, for the Titans, I thought Sexton, one no, I like him. He's kind of everywhere.
0: Uh, he's confident. He's playing confident. He's
1: got that attacking mentality, which I liked, which I think now the halves need to have. And Ash Taylor is playing a little bit better as well. He's a little bit more Yeah, he is, and I think
0: defensively he's trying a bit harder. Well, he's not going to be re-signed for a million bucks a year though, right? He
1: won't be, but the Titans are way too heavy as a team. They all look like, seriously, they all go to Gold's Gym or whatever it was, and they all do the same weight training... (laughs) fucking regime and they're all trying to look the same I mean Eason Masters an, now looks like an, a prop what an
0: 80s 90s yeah, reference the gold Gym. Gym
1: right and uh, I don't Eason Masters looks like he's he's training to be Mo Fatawaika and Aaron Clark who's the hooker is also looks like he's trying to do that <laughs> same as Greg Marju who apparently bench presses the most in the whole team it doesn't surprise me. So they all kind of look similar, but it hampers their game because once they play up tempo, they still play with a lot of skill the Titans and they play a good form of football, but their temp they can't keep They're the tempo the eight up. Now. They They're are. The eight. But that's cuz the other teams are so bad and they just can't keep the tempo up to really beat I I think they've come back to the pack a little bit the Titans. Titans had a little bit too much class and, and a little bit too much um att- attacking them to to beat them, and it was too easy to go through the dogs. To be honest, the the middle defence was
0: horrible, terrible. Put the queue in the predictable. rack. Predictable in last. attack.
1: The attack is so regimented, it is.
0: Woeful. It is. It was terrible. The attack. You didn't. You didn't threaten. The. It's not like the Titans have this great defence, and you didn't threaten. Apparently, it
1: looked like either they thought an inside ball with one player running and everyone else standing around watching was going to pierce the Titans' defence, and they did that probably a hundred times, and it never worked. And it's just one out running. It was just terrible. Even Steve Roach had a go at them. We know Steve Roach was a, a, a brilliantly creative front rower.
0: Oh, yeah. I, people think of him as a... Tough, aggro type of player. Well, and he was. He was all that stuff. But the game was so different back then. He, he wasn't like the... He wasn't Glenn Lazarus mould, where all he did was yardage. No. Steve Roach was a ball playing prop. Yes,
1: absolutely. A very very skilled player. If you go back player. and
0: watch the yeah, if you go watch that Balmain team, there was a lot of plays where in the red zone where he is first or second receiver. Oh, second
1: man off the ruck, yep.
0: Yeah. yeah, just just and and setting up the plays and calling it. Like he, he half back skills. He couldn't kick, but his, his ball playing was superb, Steve Roaches. And can I just say, historically underrated as a player? He's
1: become underrated. We talk about Gleason, yeah, Brian,
0: Lazarus, Paul, Harrigan. You go back and you look back and you go, I'd probably take Steve I Roach. I would take Steve he had Roach. More, he, had, he had more elements to his more game. More elements to his game. Had a lot of tough. skill. He, he was could dirty, do the hard, dirty yardage as hell. Stuff, <laughs> dirty as hell. But that was the game back <laughs> I then know, as well, right? I know. Les Boyd, Les Davidson, Ian Roberts, Steve that Roach. Our main
1: team was phenomenal for half the back end of the 80s. They, you know, they only had like one off year. They were in the top five just about everywhere. They were a really good side. And he was like the leader, right? In the pack.
0: Until Terry Lamb illegally took out Ellery Hanley.
1: Terry Lamb, for many, many, many years, said it wasn't deliberate. And then when he saw it, he... Bullshit.
0: He bullshit. apologized
1: to Ellery Hanley because he, he goes... Oh, he saw what a lot of crap. You know That's bullshit. I actually got you pretty clean. He
0: nailed him. He nailed him. (laughs) He absolutely nailed him.
1: Titans, again, just a little bit too much skill. Like you said, Tino, I thought, was really, really good. Jared Wallace, excellent. Again, he looks like He-Man as well.
0: Yeah, but he was ball playing too. Some Some of
1: the passes for the tries and things like that were very good. The way they play is a team that can trouble the storm. They can't keep up with the storm. Is the problem. But the dogs, geez. I mean, best completion rate in the league, but so what? You can't score. You do nothing with the ball, is it? I don't understand what the purpose
0: is. You can, yeah, okay, your completion rate's great, but... On a positive, this has got to be your bottoming out year. Trent Parrott's got there. This is your bottoming out year. But But it's taken you as a club five years to get to this point. And I think the players you've recruited, you will have so much more strike next year. If you're at the bottom of the ladder next year, then Trent Barrett's got to go. I agree. Look, look, Toby Sexton, fantastic. You guys have been looking for a halfback. This Toby Sexton fella's been in the system at the Gold Coast. Go get him rather than Kyle Flanagan.
1: The recruitment's not very good. I think people have a certain player in mind and then they just, you know, stick to that. But I think Beyond the Odo has been a massive bonus. He's gritty. He can tackle really well for a small bloke. And he's he's enthusiastic. He plays like a little terrier. He's got some skill. I really, like, I really rate him. I think he's a really good player. And I thought Mitch Rain also played really well for the Titans at hooker. But honestly, the Dogs Shithouse. house. Jack Hetherington, great, very explosive prop. I was listening to the commentary, prop of the future. Not if he gets run around by everybody,
0: and not if he's suspended for sixteen <laughs> well, that's, games. A season. That's a
1: given. <laughs> um, he's enthusiastic, but Jesus, that
0: bloke, that bloke could get into a fight with no one I else in so. the room.
1: Uh, but the, you know, the sad thing is, one of our. I suppose, up-and-coming props that hasn't kicked on under Barrett, ran off for Tony, gone to the Roosters. And I trust the Roosters' recruitment. I think that's a
0: great, great pick Great for the signing Roosters. for the Roosters. And I think Nick Meaney's a good signing for the Storm.
1: I don't want to say this, but in a way, I can't wait to see how he turns out. But I'll be pretty pissed off when he turns up for the Roosters and kicks ass. Because that's he's going to be happen. like
0: Jared Waria Hargraves or one of those guys. Absolutely. He's got all the physical specimens. He's physical
1: and he's agile and got good footwork. And somehow we can't use him he's gone to the Roosters. So great signing by the Roosters and they'll develop him. Turn but you've replaced him with Paul Vaughn. Perfect. You know... Okay, let's move on. I don't know what to say. Let's move (laughs) fucking hell.
0: Let's move on to the last game of the round, which was Sharks versus Manly. Manly got up 44-20. Manly and Tommy Turbo came out on fire. They scored three tries in the first 20 minutes and could have had another few. They they bombed one where Jake dropped the ball. They had a couple disallowed. They led 16-0. And I'm telling you, it could have been 30-0 after 20 minutes. Despite the start, the Sharks actually fought back. And they fought their way back into the game. First through William Kennedy. And then Brayden Trindle just before half time to make it 16-10 at halftime. Tommy Turbo then scored three incredible solo tries in the first 15 minutes of the second half to make it 34-10. Manly eventually ran out winners 40-24, but not before Toby Rudolph and Taniela Paseka got sin per for a trip that i think he's going to be in trouble you remember for. when a
1: trip used to be an automatic send-off
0: yeah remember remember they had to change the rules because alfie langer would tackle <laughs> would. with one arm yeah, on them oh yeah. and trip no, them
1: the cumberland throw using the leg first the cumberland
0: throw yeah <laughs> he's correct, the trip correct everyone used the trip everyone yeah game in which neither team wanted to defend and tommy turbo one of the best individual performances this year it's almost like jared Hayne, 2009 for me that's that's how well he is playing and what a difference he makes to that team. This game he had three tries, three try assists, 217 metres, 14 tackle busts, three line breaks and four line break assists. I mean, that is just an incredible performance. Say he doesn't get man of the match against the Storm, if he if he gets four out of the last five, he'll, he'll win, win the Dalio. He's, he's close. Yeah.
1: Oh, he'd have to be close. He's, close. He's, got he's got at least... He'd
0: have to be close.
1: There's got to be at least six games where he's been man of the match.
0: I think it's going to take 30, 33 It would to be, right? So year. he's
1: at least on 20. Since he's come back at a minimum. Yeah. Easy. Yeah, I think he might be even he's higher. He's probably higher, 20, but I mean 24. a minimum
0: 20, and Cody Walker's 20-something for sure. Well, I think he'd be closer to 25, 26. That's my sense of it. That's where they're, they're about. So Well, he's played more he's games. Played he's more played games more games as well, yeah. But I thought the only ray of hope for the Sharks was Braden Trindle was good. He's a young guy. He's playing. He's looking, he's looking good, right? Well, he's got the
1: genes, and there was a few Trindles that were really good. Jason. Jason Trindle was his dad. But yeah, I thought he was really good. I thought Connor Tracy struggled a little bit in defence. It was a bad sign when they started Talakai at centre and Will Chambers, Jason Saab, Tommy T- Tommy Turbo. Just not a good good combination against Manly. But I thought just Cronulla look they hung in and I think they tried hard to stay in the game, but they just didn't have the class. And some of the defence look Tommy T was amazing. What can I say? i you know, I think I'm going for Manly now. I'm dumping the Bulldogs. He has been so great that you are absolutely, the absolutely supporter. inconceivable might happen. I might just switch to become a Manly fan.
0: I don't think it's inconceivable for anyone listening to the
1: podcast. But I mean, he he's even bypassed Cody Nikarima.
0: in your eyes. But you know, and Sean Johnson, like beating six tackles. Why don't you send? Why don't you send um, Tommy Turbo your OnlyFans? Link. I
1: should. It'll just be me cheering with the Mandy Pom Poms. And, um, yeah, and, yeah, and the cat. And um, give her the Mandy Pom Poms as well. But some of the defence by the Sharks, or Tommy Tommy Turbo, I think is amazing. But man, to beat six tacklers... But you you just... underestimate how strong he is though. You under you do underestimate how strong he is. I mean, he was just unplayable almost. Some of the defence was a bit shoddy. I do think that. Yeah, that's fair. But Manly, that's pretty much their full strength team. Josh Schuster in the back row. I thought Josh Schuster in the back row... They have got a lot of firepower in that team when Tommy Turbo's there. A lot there. of strike. A lot of stri- It's going to be a good game against yeah, Melbourne. Yeah, and
0: Schuster gives them something different. Especially with the players out for Melbourne. And, and Melbourne are due a loss. You know, I could see no Jerome Hughes, no Nelson Osofa-Solomona. Felisi cafusi has been out injured because of um, a mugging. <laughs> he mugged somebody else probably on the yeah, field. Yeah, he got a suspension. Yeah, yeah correct. <laughs> um, it
1: was good to see Will Kennedy in the in the in the clear a little bit. I, I mean, I, lo- I love Will Kennedy. I think he's a really good player. But and just manly, God, they've got some firepower, mate. And Schuster, Trebojevic, Morgan Harper can beat people on the inside and set up. some. Garrick's been Ruben playing Ruben Garrick's well. confidence has gone through the roof. They're just looking really strong, really good. And they were wondering
0: whether they should re-sign Desi.
1: He's done a great job, I have to say. But he needs that fullback. Without the fullback, Desi's system doesn't quite work, right? he needs the fullback. Yeah. I've got one more point. I know I love Aiden Tolman, and he does all the nitty-gritty stuff. But Aiden, there's a couple of times in that game where I think he started to get old. He got beaten on the inside, and he just couldn't keep up. And Tommy Turbo skinned him twice. He couldn't close that gap anymore. You're asking him to
0: keep up with Tommy Turbo. The defensive line needs to... They were too good, Manly. uh, A different level to the Sharks. Too good. So who's going to finish in the top eight? At the moment, because I know you don't follow the league, even though you host the f- podcast. I think the All Blacks, the, Titans, the All are Blacks in seventh. <laughs> the yeah, Melbourne Titan- Demons. Thanks, thanks, our mate, our mate, Maddie. Yeah, Melbourne Demons. The Titans are in seventh. Sharks are in eighth on eighteen points. The Raiders are eighteen points. Dragons are eighteen points. Knights are eighteen points. I think it's going to come from one of them.
1: I think it's going to be the Titans and the the Knights. Dragons are gone. The Raiders are I gone. I tend to agree
0: with you, and they and they've got the Broncos, the Sharks, the Bulldogs. The Titans, the Broncos, the Knights. So the Knights should make it. Yep. And can I say if the Titans and Knights make it, if the Titans and Knights make it, I think you'll find it's my exact top eight from the beginning of this year. We
1: might be close. I might have tipped the Sharks in the top eight.
0: I think you tipped the Sharks. It's been a very predictable season.
1: I think we talked about it last week. I think Parra
0: is going to drop out of the top four. Okay, thanks for repeating the last hour and a half. Let's move on to round twenty-one. <laughs> you didn't like that, did you? I think Manly might sneak. Is a team that's going to sneak in. We've been saying this for the last two weeks. It's not. It's not new news. Yeah. You get so it's so touchy. Fuck off, G. <laughs> I love it. It's great because they break my heart. It's it's so hard. It's so hard being a Parramatta supporter. It is so hard. Thirty-six years, thirty-five years, or whatever it is, and then you get this team that's good, and you build your hopes up, but you don't build it up too much because you know they break your heart. <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then they break your heart, even though you haven't committed. Inside, there's a part of you that has really committed, and so you go, "Fuck you!"
1: Here's a good, here's a sign of Brad Arthur. We're talking about his mentality. Bryce Cartwright gave them an X factor. Out, too risky.
0: I'm not taking coaching tips from a Bulldogs fan.
1: All right, I think by virtu- rolling a virtual hologram. Of me out at Belmore training, I think the dogs would do better. Well, it's
0: great that you're going to be able to get vaccinated at Belmore. <laughs> yeah, Car it's park. fantastic. It's good that the vaccine comes to you yeah, rather right. than you having to go to the vaccine. Awesome. It's the only way you going to get it. I've been trying to book for ages. It's about time. And look, everyone, um, G has been vaccinated with Synovac and he's fine. <laughs> <laughs> so, so first up in round 21 this weekend, it's the Knights versus the Broncos. Knights are a dollar 35 favorites. Broncos three dollars 25. The Broncos have nine and a half points start. Um, I think given the way they're playing, the Broncos are better, but I think the Knights have got something to play for and I think the Knights will get up this game.
1: If I look at the Knights team, they've got Mitchell Pearce back, Jake Clifford's there at 5'8 this week, and Kalen Ponga, and with Bradman Bess, and Tuala kind of were dynamic against the Raiders. I think the Broncos will give them a good match and really challenge them to throw the ball around and play attacking football. But now Connor Watson's at lock as another playmaker. I think the Knights are starting to come into a little bit of form. They're coming, yeah. Because everyone's are, they, back. And they're that. getting a little bit more settled. So, and honestly, with Ponga there, and I mean, it, it's just a different dimension. Their team's just entirely different. So, Def, I'm with you. I expect them to win. I think it'll be a close game, though. I uh, expect to, the Knights to probably beat them by eight to 10.
0: Well, it's a nine and a half point start. So, just on the line, you're saying. So, the rate, next up, it's the Raiders versus the Saints. Raiders are $1.28 favourites, Saints are $3.75 outsiders and have 11 and a half points start. I think the Raiders will win this, but I don't say that with any confidence. I think that, that I think Saints have put the cue in the rack, but I don't think the Raiders have got a lot of points in them either. I don't think they got. Eleven and a half more points in them than the Saints. Look,
1: T. This game for me is—I don't know. I, I don't know. This is a hard game to call. I just, look, I think the Raiders will win because I just think the Saints have since all the barbecue stuff, and feel like even though their players are there, they're waiting for the season to end. Their team does look pretty decent, but I just expect the Raiders to have a little bit too much. I think the Dragons
0: of—they—they they seem to have just run out of energy. There's some good games, and the Dogs versus the Tigers. That's wrong. Right. That is not a good game.
1: I honestly, I expect the Raiders to win, but. Just it wouldn't surprise me if the the dragons beat them. It's it, for me, it's either all. a uh, very difficult game to pick. They have both
0: been disappointing. So the Friday night game on Channel Nine is the mighty Parramatta Eels versus Souths. Para are three dollars outsiders. Souths are a dollar thirty nine. Souths in recent seasons have touched us up. Para have a seven and a half point start. I am gonna tip the Eels only because they are my team and I don't tip against them. If I didn't have a horse in this race. I would say Souths are going to get up.
1: I'm, I'm not tipping the Eels at all. I don't care who's back. I just think...
0: But I, but I, unlike you, I'm, I'm loyal to my team. So I will be tipping the Eels because I go for them, which you haven't tipped the Bulldogs at all this year. Yeah, and I've been right 95% of the time. So your point so is what? So being right is more important than being loyal. That's being stupid this season, not loyal. Being right is more important than being loyal. That's what you're saying.
1: The Rab- This will be a good game because the Rabbitos do have defensive weaknesses and I wonder if Para can exploit yeah, and, it. And we've got offensive well, weaknesses. It he kind of evens out. I just think, you know what? I just think South will be too good for you. I think Cody Walker is just going to tear you apart. And I don't think you're going to have the points in you to, to keep... Keep up with them. If
0: we beat Souths, if we beat Souths, don't show up for next week's podcast.
1: Okay, fine. I will do a live live cross from Belmore Car Park and kind of <laughs> as you cut it out vaccine. as I'm getting my vaccine. Yeah. Um, no, I'm tipping right. Souths and I hope Souths smash you this week. Come on, Cody. Fuck you, man. You know, Wonga Blake and Blake Ferguson against Cody Walker, not a good matchup.
0: Not good. Okay, let's move on to the Super Shitty Saturday. Although it's not shitty. There's some great games this this Super Saturday. First up, it's the Warriors versus the Sharks. Warriors are $4 outsiders. Sharks are $1.25 favourites. The Warriors have 13.5 point start. Despite the Warriors winning, they still have a lot of injuries. I think the Sharks will get them.
1: I think the Sharks will get them because I think the Warriors have just been ordinary and even though the sharks have defensive holes the warriors aren't going to play the style of football to take advantage of it and the sharks do have some points in them the warriors are kind of sometimes half checked out so i think um the sharks for me although we forgot to mention angry peter hicku was back last week
0: he was back, yeah. Randomly, like I was
1: you know, so it was good to see Angry Peter back. He's back in the centres this week. So I'm I look I'm tipping the sharks. I think they've got too much to play for, and they'll um cement themselves in the eight by beating the Warriors, I think, this week. So
0: All right. Next up is we've got a brilliant game that I'm looking forward to. It's the Roosters versus the Panthers. Roosters are four dollars outsiders, Panthers are a dollar twenty five favourites. The Roosters have twelve and a half point start. Am I crazy in thinking the Roosters could get this? The Panthers have not been playing well. I don't think the Panthers have been playing well. They're
1: I think they've got players out again. Appy's still out. I, I don't know. I mean, they, they just seem. You know, Crichton's going to be suspended. It may be another week with Burton and Luai. It might sort of allow them to.
0: I'm going to tip the Roosters. to be more in
1: sync. I just think the Roosters played really well against Para and I think they've got enough attack in them to beat penrith and i think their defense will hold against against the way penrith is playing at the moment i don't think penrith as, is as fluid it's a tough game it's a to hard play.
0: game to call I'm, I'm expecting a good game but i'll tell you what i'm picking a few upsets this week i think i've, I've, t- I've already said i'm going to tip the eels i've said i'm going to tip the Roosters and which leads me to my next game which is the two form teams of the comp manly versus the storm manly 3.75 outsiders the storm a twenty favorites Manly have 11.5 point start. Given the outs for the Storm, which we spoke mm-hmm. about Nelson Asofa Solomona, Jerome Hughes, um, Felice Cafusi's um, on trial for whatever criminal offence he did on the field last week. They're missing a lot of players. I know they still got Cam Munster. I know they got Nico Hines and all the rest of it. But I think Manly are going to win this game. I'm tipping the Storm. But I think the Storm will win the Premiership. I think the Melbourne are just due for a loss. I think it'll be good for them to have a loss at this point.
1: I actually think Melbourne is going to get challenged in this game. This is Manly's team. Can I just
0: can I just say something to you? This is the type of loyalty I'm talking about. <laughs> Thirty five minutes ago, you said I'm changing teams. I am, and you you gave a, you basically had a verbal orgasm over Tommy Turbo and Manly and how great they were, yes. and how much you love them, and you, and now you've come up to this game and straight away because you've now switched allegiances from Canterbury to Manly, you've gone. I'm not tipping Manly. <laughs>
1: I'm tipping the storm because I think that this, but I'm expecting because because you go for manly. Yes, that's correct. So I'm I'm tipping the storm because I think they'll be a little bit too strong. But I'm really looking forward to see what the Sea Eagles have got. This is the Sea Eagles team. If they're going to win the comp, this is their full strength side. Yeah, you okay. know, let's see what you got.
0: I'm looking forward to it. There's some great footy on this weekend. Great games on this weekend. All right, let's move on to a game that will be not as good, which is the Dogs versus the Tigers. The Dogs are two dollars. What I will say is, I will not watch this game. I I refuse this this won't be rugby league whatever they play so you will be doing the analysis on the yep. game dogs versus tigers yep. next week I, i'm calling it now so you will have to watch one game yep uh the dogs are $2.75 outsiders the tigers are $1.45 the dogs have six and a half point start can i just say my tip is who cares
1: you know what my tip is i think trent barrett's treatment of kyle Flanagan is dis- is a
0: disgrace does that mean you're tipping the tigers no
1: i actually think oh geez i don't know <laughs> far out I think the Dogs might win this game, actually. The Tigers, to me, have been unbelievably disappointing. And I just think, you know, as much as the Dogs have been absolutely woeful, sometimes they've played with a lot more enthusiasm at times against the Tigers. And their defence in the middle is dreadful. But I can't really see the Tigers taking advantage of that, necessarily. So... I don't know. Who cares is my tip for this game. Flanagan's been dropped again. And, surprisingly, Nick Meaney's back at fullback because Corey Allen was shit-ass last week. Who could have guessed that? (laughs) But you know, I mean, if this doesn't show me that Trent Barrett has no idea what he's doing, it's just another example of it. It's not about whether they win or lose. The fact that he brings Cole Flanagan back again—he's a young kid. He put him back in reserve grade, and then to blame in a way blame him for the for that loss. Like, really, mate?
0: If the Tigers lose to the Dogs, Madge McGuire's position becomes untenable. Honestly, I
1: think it's possible. Cause I don't—they're both shit. Like I look at their teams, and it's almost like who's going to be worse. It's not about yeah, okay. which team I'm picking to win the game. It's about Are
0: you gonna, you're going to—you're going to do the analysis. I'm not watching which that teams
1: T's defense is going to fall apart. Like I'm actually not even thinking about what yeah, they're going to well, do. in good attack. luck.
0: I'm not. I'm not even joking. I'm not watching that game. You, you watch And the good it. thing is, Sioni Katoa, in who
1: um, in the lowlights of the season, if you cut it on YouTube, would be around every single try that's probably scored against the Dogs, <laughs> which are a lot, He's <laughs> back in the team this week. Because well, his defence is great, but Kyle Flanagan's defence is terrible, so he got dropped. The inconsistency about this, some of this stuff worries me going forward for Trent Barrett as a coach. I don't think he applies whatever he's applying fairly to some of these players. From what I can see, he's got some of his favourites and then there's others that he just chops and changes because he seems to think they're the problem.
0: Well, you've come in from the back fence and you've, you've given... Trent Barrett, another spray. So, next up is the Titans versus the Cowboys in the Queensland Derby. Uh, Titans are a $1.39 favourites. Cowboys are $3.00 outsiders, and the Cowboys have 8.5 points start. I think the Titans have been playing well, and I think the Titans will get them.
1: I think the fact that Greg Mars, you can probably bench press um, most of the backs on the Cowboys, apparently. <laughs> it just gives me hope that he'll bust through a few tackles. The Titans will win. I think... Um, I think Corey Thompson's added something to them since he's come back. I think Taylor's playing better, which is important because he gives early ball and lets his players play in space, which is really important. And I just think they're going to be a little bit too strong for the, the Cowboys. And do the Cowboys really have anything to play for anymore?
0: No, no, they don't. They don't. Um,
1: and that little bit of a you know ten percent drop in intensity, you know, makes a big difference. Yeah, could the be scoreboard. the difference in the game. And Saxon, Toby Saxon, um, Toby Sexton. Uh, another, expecting another I was, good game. I honestly had no
0: idea who you were talking about, Toby Sexton.
1: All right, that, that is the last game.
0: All right, well, that brings us to the close of another G&T show, especially long one, as we covered the world of rugby league this week. Um, given G's previous job editing this podcast, I looked... This is a preview of round 16, 2022. <laughs> I I don't think we're going to get this out before Christmas. Probably not. Thanks for joining us, and thank you, G.
1: Okay, Mr. Santa Claus, I will see you at Christmas. See you later.
0: Ho, ho, ho. Bye.